0: I suppose it's appropriate on this uh, drop-down Sunday that we have uh, such heavy rain. Uh, If you want to know why it's drop-down Sunday, just don't, not now, but you can read the bulletin later if you haven't already read my little desktop piece about Rorate Celi. Let the the heavens rain down dew uh, and the clouds uh, rain down the just ones. So we have this beautiful rain today uh, to, as it were, to uh, to uh, make our prayer more effective more, more visible if you like uh, in, in some kind of uh, almost a sacramental way You know, a sign, sign there of, of our prayer uh, that the heavens will drop down the dew and the just, the just one will come among us on the 8th of December we separate, c- celebrated the wonderful feast of the Immaculate Conception uh, which celebrates the dogma of course that Mary was conceived without original sin John the Baptist was not um, conceived uh, without original sin, but he was born immaculate. He was born without original sin, so the tradition and fathers of the Church tell us, because he was sanctified even within his mother's womb. So the the Holy Spirit united himself with with St. John the Baptist, and therefore he is considered to have been born immaculate. It is through John the Baptist that Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit as we read in the Gospel today. And perhaps this is one reason why Jesus calls John the Baptist the greatest of men born of women. Many a mother feels the kick of her child in in the womb. Uh, John's leap must have been remarkable for St. Luke to mention it. Remarkable for the occasion which uh, provoked it, and for its energetic nature. It was more than just a kick. It's a leap, like a dance. And uh, it evokes that dance that King David did in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, we, have, we have here really Our Lady, who is the Ark of the New Covenant, bearing within herself the Son of God, approaching And so, just as King David danced in front of the Ark of the Covenant, so John the Baptist, within the womb of his mother, dances before this Ark of the New Covenant, uh, Mary, coming to visit uh, her cousin Elizabeth. The unborn John recognises the approach of the unborn Jesus, who is yet no more than an embryo in the womb of Mary. He already points out, as it were, The Lamb of God, as he will point out later to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God when Jesus appears for baptism. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, knows that Mary is not simply a cousin paying her a visit, but that she bears within her the Lamb of God. Mary is, as the Greeks like to call her, the Theotokos, the God-bearer. As far as we know, Elizabeth did not receive any revelation of this fact. Our Lady had had it revealed to her through Gabriel, that St. Gabriel, that that her cousin Elizabeth was already in her sixth month. We don't hear about Elizabeth being told, well, Mary has just conceived. Uh, So she must have received this directly from the Holy Spirit to be able to recognize Mary as the God-bearer, to recognize Mary as the mother of her Lord. St. Luke we know as a physician and he recognizes and proclaims the presence of graced human life in the wombs of both Mary uh, and Elizabeth. Of course the Son of God himself the source of all grace in the womb of Mary. You know what the enlightened 20th and 21st centuries so scientific as they are seem incapable of perceiving The physician, to, this physician two millennia before our scientific age, simply declares that here we have two unique uh, individuals in the wombs of their their mothers. He had no need of any ultrasound or 3D imaging to know that there was indeed sacred, unborn human life in the wombs of, of of these women. You know, as the world becomes more scientific, it becomes more skeptical. As it demands proof for everything, it becomes ever more doubtful skeptical of life in the womb skeptical of the reality of each of us made in the image of god made male and female unable to deal with anything that is hidden or mysterious or transcendent above all the mysteries of our faith the mysteries of our faith which in fact throw light on the, on, the, on the reality that is around us, illumine our minds so that we may more perfectly comprehend the meaning of the reality in which we live and which we see. These mysteries of faith which are not contrary to reason in any way, but beyond reason, lead us beyond where science can take us. One problem of thought in the world today is, is known as dualism. Where, where you have this exaggerated separation of the material from the spiritual, uh, so you have people who say, you know, on the one hand, it's the spiritual that counts. It doesn't matter how I how I look, or whether I kneel or stand or dress this way or that, you know, or eat this or eat that. It's the spiritual that counts. God knows my heart. It's what in the heart. It's what's in the heart that counts. Well, of course, there's truth to that. But we're not pure spirits, we're not angelic natures, we are human natures made of both matter and spirit. We're not just spirits inhabiting a body which the body is not simply a vessel that once we die we can discard, which is why the church uh, asks us to take such great care of the bodies of the dead, that they be buried reverently, accorded uh, Christian funerals if they've been uh, baptized uh, and not treated as, as trinkets. Or just just scattered and just to go, poof, disappear you know, uh, in the wind. They are they're, they're incredibly dignified, our bodies are. On the other hand, the other extreme is to fall into the cult of the body. To make it all important. And also to, you know, to do with it what we want. To manipulate it. Because it is simply a vessel and does not, and does not reflect who we are. So if we don't like it, we change it. Rather than accepting the body that, in which our souls have been, uh, the, the bodies that have been ensouled with, with our souls, um, rather than accepting it as it is. Our bodies are made for our souls, our souls are made for our bodies. The two are very much tied together. Ultimately, this dualism leads to destruction, as we see the destruction of life in the womb. It can lead to the destruction of oneself, doing things to oneself which are irreversible. Uh, and um, the discarding of life. In the book of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews today, we read that when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body, a body you prepared for me. In holocausts and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, as is written of me in the scroll, behold, I come to do your will, O God. The Son of God, who is pure spirit, assumed a body. And it was by assuming a body that the Son of God gives the fullness of obedience to his Father. This is really the, 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 the culminating moment of creation. The whole of creation was, was meant for this. The whole reason that the cosmos was created was so that the Son of God would enter into it and take flesh. And in humanity alone, there would be this wonderful full union of matter uh, and, and spirit. This was the plan. And the Son of God, eternally obedient to the Father, took flesh and really gave the fullness of his obedience to the Father. As we read in that uh, uh, excerpt from from the letter to the Hebrews, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. Through his obedience to the Father in the flesh, in a body, the whole of the human race is brought into or called into obedience to the Father. This taking of a body is in the same manner as all of us, from the flesh of a mother, even though in Jesus' case it was from a virginal mother, who was full of grace, blessed among women, the mother of my Lord, as Elizabeth uh, recognized her. At the end of time, Jesus will come again in a, in, with his glorious body. He will, become, he will come with might and power to judge in Bethlehem however he comes in humility in that humble body of a baby so vulnerable like the venerable Peter of Sells, a 12th century Benedictine monk and bishop of Chartres in France we can pray yes dear Jesus come, come to us but in swathing bands not with thy hand raised to punish us In humility, not in thy greatness. In the crib, not in the clouds of heaven. In the arms of thy mother, not on the throne of thy majesty. On the colt of an ass, not on the cherubim. To us, and not against us. To save us, and not to judge. To visit us in thy peace, not to condemn us in thy anger. If thou comest unto us thus, O Jesus, it is not from thee, but to thee, that we will flee.